Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Looking Up with Pastor Danny and Charissa, and it's my privilege to welcome you to another episode on this cloudy Wednesday afternoon here in Newcastle. So, how are you, Pastor Danny? I'm praising the Lord, my friend. <laughs> You're always praising the Lord. Yes. And we have much to praise Him for today, and we'll look forward to sharing more about that. But as you are listening, you might be driving or sitting wherever you are. If you would like to interact with us, perhaps as you listen to this program today, Today you might have a question or perhaps you want to get in with a prayer request. I'll just give you the details that you can contact us on. You can contact us by calling 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. And uh, it's been a little while actually since we were here. Mm, two weeks. Two weeks. Last week. Where were you last week? Uh, we had some minutes. Sisters meetings. Sounds um, riveting. Yes, and you were there, weren't you? I was there, I was listening. <laughs> yeah, there were some good meetings, actually. Yeah, they were good, and we yeah we dealt with some admin stuff, but we also looked at uh, some exciting things regarding Bible studies and, yeah. and uh, yeah, how to encourage people in the Word of God. That's and so, right. as you pointed out, if there are individuals out there who would like to study the Bible, please give us a call and we can do it in person or we can do it over the phone or even via Zoom. So whatever works for you. That's right. The, op- the, uh, the uh, options are endless. They are. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. If you've never studied the Bible with someone, it's something to have and something to experience. It's, it's very exciting. So today we're going to be continuing our Bible study. So we weren't here last week. We're back on track this week and we're stepping through Daniel chapter 7. And we're going to be changing gears, I guess, because up until now it's been a lot of stories, That's inspirational right. stories in the book of Daniel. But from 7 onwards, it's changing a little bit. Mm, yeah, we're going to be taking a look at the prophetic landscape uh, and in particular as it relates to the times that we are living in. So, mm. yeah, we go from history to prophecy in a very significant way. So Daniel 7 is, is a real turning point. All right. So if you've never studied Bible prophecy, don't miss anything here. And, and if you need to catch up on some of the previous episodes, you can go to the Faith FM website, look up, looking up the podcasts are there of all the previous episodes that uh, you can catch up on because we really had a good time studying up until this point. Yeah, it's been exciting. The book of Daniel is just one of the most incredible books in the whole Bible. And so it really is a, a book that helps us to prepare Prepare for the soon return of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to take a quick break in just a moment and listen to a bird. A bird. It's Paul <laughs> Paul Brandt singing a song, "Flee as a Bird." Then we we'll come back and we'll talk about the news and what's been happening in our worlds and begin the study. So stay with us.
Thank you for that beautiful song, Shell. She's our producer here. She chooses the music and she always makes a good she choice. She does an amazing job. She she enables people like me in particular <laughs> to to somehow sound reasonable and make a little bit of sense at least for our oh, poor listeners. So. She does a wonderful job. It's amazing what she does, <laughs> yes. She she would get paid a whole heap more if she did that for uh, <laughs> for a career, just helping dodgy people sound and... <laughs> Sound great. Yeah. Well, we just really appreciate what you do for us here, Shell. <laughs> Amazing job. Well, it's time to talk about the news. It is. Well, Shell was sharing with us that she's had some exciting she has. news. Yes. Shell, are you able to jump on and tell us all about your exciting news that's come thick and fast this year? So she's coming in she's right coming now in. as we speak. She's coming through the door. Shell was sharing with us, but this needs to be shared with the whole world because we've got three billion people listening in right now. So Shell, they all need <laughs> three to billion. hear. Three billion. Wow. <laughs> minus, minus about 2.99 billion. <laughs> Close enough, kind of there. Yes, so we were just talking about my ever-growing family. So um, my youngest son got married in September last year, and my older son is getting married. He just got engaged on Yay. Thursday. And, yeah, so we're going to have un- get a- gain another daughter. And, yeah, we couldn't <laughs> be happier. She's just wonderful. So Praise we're very excited. Lord. And, yeah, and, of course, the grandbaby's on the way somewhere in there as well. So the family's just getting bigger and bigger. It's Thanksgiving awesome. will be great. Well, Thanksgiving and Christmas, it just got a lot bigger. I know, I know. And um, and all the little things you can buy, are you are you looking forward to buying all those little baby things? Not just looking forward, already. Oh, you've already so started. <laughs> as soon as there was a girlfriend, you were there at the shops buying things. Yes, and next week um, we'll be having the reveal party, so... Wow. Actually, right after right after the show, I is have to right? zip off and get wow. over to the reveal party to find out if we're having a wow. today next week. Oh, next, next, next week, week. Yeah. you know, there's yeah. these reveal parties. Like when I had, well, I didn't have any kids. My wife did, um, but I was there. I was there. But when my wife, you know, when we were having children, twenty odd years, there was no such thing as reveal parties. You just didn't know. You just didn't know. Well, you could have found out, but now they kind of like pop a balloon and if there's pink stuff that comes out, it's a girl. If there's blue stuff yeah. that comes out, it's a boy. If there's orange stuff that comes out. You're having not, a baby. You're having a baby, but you're not quite. No. Um, yeah, so so that's really exciting. Yeah. Really, really exciting. Do they know when the, they sorted out a date for the wedding or they're just engaged? They're happy to be engaged for now. Um, they're checking venues wow. at the moment. And so once they... Get their venues. So Harley's not wasting any time. Harley's not wasting any time. <laughs> he's like his parents. Yeah, he's <laughs> taking a page from his parents, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, we we always took the stand that, yeah, if you know that the Lord has led you together, then why waste time? Why waste time? That's so. a bit like my um, <laughs> my wife's grand grandfather. He's passed away now, and, and my, my wife's uh, grandmother's passed away. But, yeah, he was telling me this funny story, true story, funny story. He was walking through the village in his country of Serbia, you know, former Yugoslavia, once upon a time there in Europe. And he he came across, he was like in his early 20s, he came across one of the village girls that lived in the same village as she was, you know, doing whatever, going to the shops or whatever. And he was he just, he just met her. And on the footpath, he simply said this to her, and this was just so incredible. He said to her, look, I'm thinking of getting married. Um, what do you think? 
That was his proposal to her. I'm thinking of getting married. What do you think? You know, and she looked at him and she said, yeah, why not? And a week later, they were married. What? Yeah, true story. (laughs) Can you believe it? So, guys, um, if you're not married and you're thinking of getting married, you may just want to walk down the streets of Newcastle and just... Chat to someone, or maybe maybe in your neighbourhood might be better in your neighbourhood. And someone who you know as they're walking back from the shop, just ask the question. I'm just thinking don't be of creepy about it. No, I'm point. thinking of getting <laughs> no married. Stalking. What do you think? <laughs> that's a that's it's a different way to that's a different way to propose. Yeah, we are living in a post normal world. So anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, talking about that, you've got some exciting news to share. Yeah. So today, as and right now, it's definitely today. I've been married two years. <gasps> Justin, Justin, I've been married for two years. Two so, years. Yeah. I reckon it was between two thirty and three that it was official. <laughs> the ceremony. We we said I do, but wow. yeah. It's so, gone very quick. So about this time two years ago, you guys were taking photos. <laughs> yeah. And it was pouring rain. Was it? It was overcast, much like today. Yeah. Was it in Sydney? It was the in big Sydney. smoke? Yeah, in the big smoke. Wow. So yeah. two years ago today. Yes. That's exciting. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. You, thank so you. I think you have graduated now to uh, <laughs> cardboard. Is like paper is the first year anniversary. Is that right, Shell? I think paper. And I think cardboard <laughs> is the second anniversary. Some of our listeners may want to correct me yeah, on that. please let us know. <laughs> please let us know. It's very important. We want to get this right yeah. because I want to give just the right gift to <laughs> Justin when I see him next. <laughs> uh, he's got a big day next yes, Sabbath. He, does, he, he has does. a big day. I'm going to probably talk about that. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. What's, what's happening? So, well, that, that's me. So what about you? That's me. Well, on the other side um, of the spectrum, I had some sad news mm. shared with me on Monday morning, and that is my dear 92-year-old grandmother passed away, mm. sadly. And uh, it's always sad to lose a grandparent. You know what grandparents are like. They love on you. You can get away with everything and anything with your grandparents, unlike your parents. And um, your, your grandparents think you're just the best in everything. Yeah. And so... Yeah, now that reality, uh, well, yeah, that fake world as far as, you know, thinking you're just the best um, has come to an end from (laughs) one grandparent, but I've got my grandfather. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, he's 91. And it's quite amazing, you know, we're talking about anniversaries, you know, Mm. you've notched up two today. (laughs) Wow, exciting. They notched up 74. Wow. 74 years of marriage. And yeah, uh, yeah I, ha- I actually, yeah, I actually haven't met anyone um, that's been married for seventy four years like that, that I know of. Yeah. You know, we're actually planning on having a huge celebration this year, um, mm. August in August, um, which would have been their seventy fifth. So, yeah, so that was sad, but sad. um, but um, but uh, you know, from from another point of view, my grandmother, she was, um, and my grandfather, you know, they're both believers in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during COVID in particular, obviously, I couldn't go down to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go at least twice a year, sometimes three, four times a year to pop in and visit them, spend some time with them. But during COVID, I wasn't able to, but I was on the phone, you know, once a week at least. 
And uh, we would always talk about the second coming of Jesus. Mm. Always talk about the second coming of Jesus. And so mm. my grand, my grandmother was so looking forward to the coming of Jesus. So, so I know this is not the end. So when I go down to Melbourne and uh, take the funeral service, um, I think probably next week sometime. So if I'm not here, folk, uh, that's yeah. where I'll be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know we have that blessed hope. So as the Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter four. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes, you know, we don't grieve. We grieve. As Christians, everyone grieves because this was not meant to be. This is not part of God's plan. Death was never part of God's plan for the human race. Mm. And so we grieve whether the whether our grandma is 92 or whether she's 69 or whether she's 49, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you know, we grieve. But the Bible says we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Amen. So we grieve with hope burning within our hearts. So I'm looking forward to the day when, yeah, I'll see my grandma again. She won't be old, um, but she'll be young because the Bible says we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. So that's something really exciting. So anyway, yeah, sad um, from that point of view, but yeah, now just... Encourage my grandfather and encourage him as he's yeah got to take this mm. journey uh, solo for the first time in seventy four years. years. That's that's yeah. amazing. So very yeah. special. Too. It is very special. Yeah. So they're mm. they're real heroes for me when it comes to marriage and the family. We've talked about marriage and the family mm, and how sadly we live in a society where marriage and the family um, is is really just under under so much attack. Uh, under so much opposition that it's really crumbling mm. um, in so many different ways. And to come across individuals who don't have separation or divorce in their marital dictionary, it just doesn't exist. The word does not exist. You know, their love for one another, you know, just seeing them walking hand in hand, you know, at some of the family weddings and so forth. Um, uh, it could have been that my dad, my grandfather was just trying to support my grandma. That could have been <laughs> it as well. <laughs> there may not have been that much romance in that holding of hands, but I like to think there was a little bit. But no, just, you know, the love that they have for one another and, um, you know, just the, it's just beautiful. It really is beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's not something that you see today. Mm. Um, as much as, yeah, once upon a time. And that generation, it's interesting when you take a look at the statistics, and the statistics are pretty sad uh, when it comes to separation and divorce and, and, and the fallout that takes place from it. But when you take a look at the statistics from their generation, they're kind of like, you know, they're, they're the great generation. That's what they're referred to often, the great generation. Then you've got the boomers that follow after them and so on. That generation hardly experienced any separation and divorce because they they were born like you know yeah. during the time of the great so, depression they went through world war Two. they went through difficult times and so sticking together and uh, fighting through whatever battle came your way was absolutely fundamentally um, critical and important and a non- non-negotiable bringing up children during those difficult times just not only toughened them up individually but just strengthened their their marital bonds um and so, yeah, mm. we've got a lot to learn from that generation, but they're sadly moving on that generation. It's so true. And yeah, so much has changed, hasn't it? Uh, I like that divorce is not an option for that generation no. and shouldn't be an option for ours either. But, yeah, it's a sign of the times, isn't it? it? Is. The attack on the family unit yeah. and, the, yeah. Anyway, God created family to be a blessing. He did. He did. So um, one other thing about mm. news is this Saturday – 
uh, my husband's being oh, yes. ordained. Yes. Yeah, and you're going to say something. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm planning to. <laughs> yes, I was, I was going to ask that question. I was going to ask that question. Um, what is ordination for? For the people who don't know what an ordination is, they may not have even heard the term. That's a really good question. And if we look at the Gospels, we see that there's a, there's a little passage here, and I'm not sure where it is, but maybe you know where it is, but uh, where Jesus, he ordained his disciples. And that is he, he said a special prayer for them, set them apart for gospel work. And they were, had this task of setting up, I guess, the early church. And he led them, well, he instructed them and they were with him and they were the ones that set it up. And it's kind of been something that has continued on from mm. there where, the church comes together and the, when the church recognizes the call of God upon someone's life, then they will lay their hands on mm. them and it's just a special prayer. I'm really looking forward to the prayer because I think it's a beautiful thing to pray for our people and I think it's going to be very special to have him yeah, prayed for there in his ministry. It's going to be a very special service and it's something all the way from the beginning of time. You you have you know the ordination service, the laying on of hands, the setting apart mm. for for holy ministry all the way from the beginning of time. You've got that through the children of Israel, the that, priesthood yeah. and so on and so forth. They would often pour oil on the individual and oil in the Bible is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, asking and praying for the Holy Spirit to be poured out on that individual. So kings, um, priests, as well as prophets were often ordained and, and oil was poured upon them as a sign of them being set apart by God and by their community of faith for a holy purpose. And so, yeah, Justin, if you're listening, we are so looking forward to your big special day and all of heaven's looking forward to that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful celebration, but it's also a very sober reminder that the person has willingly chosen to accept, uh, to be set apart by God for a holy purpose, you know, to, for a high and holy calling. And so there's a huge responsibility that goes along with that wonderful privilege. So true. Well, we've talked about a lot of things. We didn't get to the news news. Ah, <laughs> did you have something in particular? Uh, <laughs> well, I... The- yeah, go. You go, you go ahead. Uh, no, there was just one thing that came to mind, and just real quick, uh, it was interesting, the, the WA election uh, mm-hmm. that was held um, just over this weekend, and it was a landslide victory for the Labor Party, as I think most people have caught up on. But it was interesting that one of the key reasons that was given for for this landslide uh, victory to the current Premier, the incumbent, uh, was his, um, you know, the way he's tackled COVID, the way he's kept the WA community safe and secure and it reminded me of um, the words of the Apostle uh, Paul where he says when they cry peace and safety so in the end of time there's going to be a cry for peace and safety there's going to be a seeking after peace and safety because Jesus said there's going to be a lot of fear and a lot of trepidation at the end of time so it's interesting how Mm. people make decisions based on safety purposes and reasons so interesting and again the signs of the times all around us we'll be back in just a moment we're going to have a beautiful song by Fernando Ortega Jesus King of Angels and then we'll keep going after the news Jesus King of Angels Heaven's light Shine your face upon this house tonight 
a beautiful song by Keith and Kristen Getty. Look, we're back and you're listening to Looking Up and you're listening to Danny and Charissa and Pastor Danny. We've got a question. Oh, I love so, questions. Yeah, Thank you so much. Yeah, we do. And this is coming from Freco, listening in South Australia. It's good to have you listening, Freco. And here's his question. Jesus went to heaven with scars and all. How come we will be changed? That's a very good question, Freco. Thank you for asking that. The Bible says that uh, we will be changed, we'll be transformed in a twinkling of an eye, we will um, we'll be perfect in every sense, physically, mentally, spiritually, in every way. We will continue to grow throughout eternity, but we will be perfect without scars, without grey hairs, with hair, <laughs> if you've lost your hair, and no wrinkles, and Amen. so on and so forth. But Jesus will have his scars, and uh, there are a couple of scriptures that I want to read first, and then I want to share briefly why. It says in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16, See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. So here God says, I have inscribed your name. You are that precious. You are forever remembered in the palms of my hands. And then in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 6, it says this. If someone asks, what are these wounds on your body? They will answer, the wounds I was given at the house of my friends. So this is a prophecy in regarding Christ. And so this this prophecy here in Zechariah is looking to the time when this earth will be restored um, back to its original beauty, even greater and grander beauty than when God first created this world. And we will all be perfect except for Jesus will have his scars. And that will be, in a nutshell, a continual reminder to all those who are the saved and the redeemed, as well as the entire universe, the cost of salvation, and that sin leads to death, sin leads to suffering, sin leads to the sacrifice of the Son of God. And so we will never, ever again go down the road of wanting to sin. So if you take a look at the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation, the tree of life is still there. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is no longer there. Mm, It was there in the beginning, but it's no longer there. So we've all made our choice. We will never, ever want to go back to sin because now we know full well the consequences of sin. So in case, in case someone asks, does God know what's best? Is God's way the best way? All Jesus will need to do is raise his hands mm. and that will be answered that yes, God knows what is best and God's way is always the best way and it's the way that leads to everlasting peace, happiness and joy. So Jesus will forever uh, be not only the son of God but the son of man. Mm. He will forever be like us. But unlike us, he will have those scars that will be with him forever as a continual reminder to us. Uh, that's that's a very powerful thought you just shared, a very powerful reality mm. that his love will always be there for us and will remember his sacrifice for us. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just like, you know, if you have a scar, uh, say you were going a little bit too quickly on that dirt bike. Uh, <laughs> I and, never went too quickly. No, on you never did. <laughs> <laughs> you might have. <laughs> yes, uh, we've, we've, we've got scars um, of, of certain things that remind I mean, I've got a scar on my right shoulder of when I had surgery to um, take out a malignant melanoma. Hmm. I think I've talked about that in the past. And that scar reminds me every single summer that I need to put on my wet shirt. 
for that's how I got into trouble in the first place, probably having too much sun and not enough sun cream and not enough covering and so on and so forth. And so that scar reminds me that I need to... You know, I need to be careful and I need to take care of my health and not get sunburnt and so on and so forth. And so the scars of Jesus will forever be a reminder to us of his love and uh, that we don't want to go down that road again that Adam and Eve did all those years ago. And there's a beautiful promise, probably one of the best promises. It's in the book of Nahum, Nahum chapter 1, verse mm. 9. Mm-hmm. There's only one chapter in the book of Nahum, and it says affliction will not rise up a second time. Amen. So affliction or sin, um, suffering, uh, distress, tribulation, that's what that word literally means, will not rise up a second time because Jesus will forever have the scars to ensure that we will continue to follow his ways of peace, joy, and happiness. Amen. Thank you for that. And uh, before we head into our Bible study, I just we were talking in the break. We thought it'd be good to share with our listeners a, a news flash that actually it's on the ABC News um, website to, today, but it was posted yesterday. And I'll read the headline, and maybe you want to say something about I it. I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard to stop it, folks. This is what it says: Vatican refuses to bless same-sex unions under Pope Francis, saying God quote cannot bless sin. End quote. Well, that's powerful. Big statement. That's powerful because um, in in recent years, uh, under Pope Francis, uh, the Vatican has been steering away, sadly, from the solid uh, and very clear biblical principles on marriage and the family and what constitutes marriage from a biblical point of view. And so it's it's refreshing to 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 hear that headline. And the one comment that I want to make and. And someone actually asked me not so long ago, oh, Pastor, we would like to have your blessing. And I won't mention what it was regarding something Mm -hmm. that they were planning on doing. And I said, look, my dear friend, um, my blessing is is worthless. My blessing is not even worth two cents unless God blesses. Uh, There is no point in the pastor or anyone blessing. So uh, regardless of what priest or what pastor or what celebrant or what the government chooses to bless and um, you know and authorize if God has not blessed it um, it's futile mm. and so we need to be seeking for God's blessings not for a church's blessings not for a priest or a pastor's blessing or or for permission uh, but but for God to bless and, and if I could just give one illustration um, uh, I've, I've had I've had individuals ask me regarding the Sabbath. The Sabbath is is a as a holy day. God has blessed the Sabbath day, and individuals um, have, you know, that they've said to me that their employer um, asked them to ask their pastor for permission to have you know, the opportunity to be able to work on Sabbath. If the pastor signs off and if he gives you permission, it'll be okay in God's eyes. And I'm like, you got to be joking. <laughs> what authority, what authority does the pastor have to, to, to give you uh, a note and say, yes, you can work on Saturday on the Sabbath. You can work and, um, and God will turn a blind eye and yeah, I'll send the note up to God and he'll, he will countersign it and he will authorize it and you can continue to work on Sabbath in peace knowing that, yeah, the pastor's yeah, he knows the man upstairs, so to speak, and and he'll sort it out for you. I mean, that's that's just, and that's how people think. You yeah, know? a lot of people think. Yeah, but it's not how Daniel thought. It's not how Daniel thought. No. Yeah, that that he actually, purposed in his heart. It's interesting, you know, that Daniel chapter one verse yeah. eight. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in other words, you know, the opposite to, to defilement is staying pure. Mm. 
mm-hmm. staying holy. And so God wants us to, to, to seek holiness. And the Bible says, you know, without holiness, no man, no woman will ever see God mm. because God is a holy God. That's right. And so we're not holy in and of ourselves, but we seek his holiness and his holiness is a gift. And, and really holiness is being set apart by God for sanctified. sanctified, set apart, sacred, um, for for holy use. Mm. And the Sabbath is a sign that he sanctifies, but it is. We're getting is. into all yes, kinds of things. Yes, we are. We are. We'll, we'll leave that. Um, but we will be going there. We oh, will yeah, be, we, we will be unpacking the the great importance of the Sabbath, not only in the here and now, but especially from an end time prophetic point of view, because we'll discover that the entire world will be tested on God's uh, memorial of creation, which is the Sabbath. Amen. So anyway, that's for another day. All right. Well, we've talked about so many things, but now, folks, we're about to begin our Bible study. So if you have a Bible nearby, grab it, pull it up on your phone or your device, because you will want to, you will, it will help you, actually. Mm. I think if you can see the words that we're reading today, there's a lot of visuals, and it helps. So maybe we can open with prayer mm. and then read. Would you like to open Sure. Father in heaven, as we open your holy word, we ask and pray that you'll open our hearts and our minds, that we may be willing to receive receive what the Spirit has to say to each and every one of us right now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so Daniel chapter 7. Now, last time we were here, we were with Daniel in the lion's den, and we saw God delivered him. Mm. He was faithful even when an, when an order came from the king that everyone should pray to no one but the king. Daniel still prayed to God. Now we're in Daniel chapter 7, and uh, maybe we should just is there anything else you want to add as background well, to that? I think we mentioned this at the beginning, but in case some of our listeners have joined us recently, the first, uh, the book of Daniel is really made up in two halves. Yes. Just like the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is made up in two halves. Oh, the first the first 11 chapters of Revelation yeah. and the last 11 chapters. So they're two halves, and when we get into Revelation, we'll look at that. But Daniel is made up of two halves, the mm-hmm. first six chapters is one half, and then the second six chapters is a second half. And so the first six chapters focus mainly on the historical aspects of the stories Stories. of Daniel. And all those stories have have prophetic implications, every single one of them, and we'll look more at them as we go along. But Daniel 7 to 12 focuses more on the visions that God gave Daniel, so the prophetic uh, scenarios and the significance of, of some of the prophecies, especially well from the days of Daniel all the way to the end of time. And so you have this great controversy in the book of Daniel between good and evil, between true worship and false worship. And that really comes to the fore in these last six chapters. In the first six chapters, you have the sanctuary, mm-hmm. uh, the earthly sanctuary under attack mm-hmm. from chapter one all the way through to, mm-hmm. you know, chapter six. But in the last half of Daniel, you have the heavenly sanctuary shift, yeah. that that is under attack. So there's a big shift. Okay, well, I'm excited. Shall we begin? Sure. So, shall I read it, the first four? Um, let's see, where I'm in my Bible here properly. All right. So maybe I'll read just to verse four, one to four, just to start us off. All right, so the Bible says in Daniel 7, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. Again, <laughs> 
and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Wow, that sounds like something out of a Hollywood movie. Um, (laughs) You know, these strange beasts. Yeah. And uh, four winds and sea that is being stirred up. So I guess we need to unpack this. We do. There's a lot in it, isn't there? There is a lot in it. So uh, what would you like to start with? Uh, well, I guess the, the time period. Um, yep. It says in, a, in the first year of Belshazzar yes. is when Daniel receives his vision. So this is about 50 years after the dream in Daniel chapter 2, okay. which was at the beginning of Daniel's um, experience there in Babylon. You know, It was, I think, in the third year of King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And so this is about 550 BC. So, you know, Daniel's probably in his late 60s as mm-hmm. he receives this vision. And so it's during the reign of Belshazzar, the one who experienced the writing on the wall mm-hmm. there in Chapter 5. Yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, so that's one thing. And then we've got the symbols to unpack. Yeah, so the first one um, that I'm looking at here is the four winds stirring mm-hmm. up the great sea. So what does that mean? Well, the sea is the one that I can think of here. I'm remembering in Revelation 17 verse 15 mm-hmm. that the sea is talking about, it's a it's a symbol to talk about nations, lang- peoples, multitudes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, and we, we use that language today, you know, a sea of people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, the, what, what about the four winds? Yeah, strife. Strife. Winds of strife, I've yes. got here. Um, but I've got here a reference to Jeremiah 49, 32 and 33, uh, where the winds represent strife or destruction. So mm, That's right. That's right. What about the number four? Is there any significance of the number four, Teresa? All I can think about is the four points of the compass. Yeah, the four corners of the earth. So okay. this is this is a, a way that the Bible describes. You know, there is war taking place everywhere. Okay, you know? so like the yeah the, the the four corners of the earth and yeah. so forth. So this is you know we got to remember this is written two and a half thousand years ago. So they didn't quite have the understanding of the world that we do today. But even so, you know, we use yeah, the four the four sides of the compass today so we understand that language. Yeah. Then right after that, in verse 3, it talks about four great beasts coming up from the sea and they're all different from okay, each other. Okay, now what does a beast represent? Good question. Well, we can let the... Shall we go ahead and... Yeah, let the Bible. Let yeah. the Bible tell us what a beast represents. If you want to um, go to... Uh, verse, where was it? Was it verse 20? 20 or 23. 17? Okay, 23. Yeah, it is. Verse 23. The Bible says in verse 23, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth. There you go. So a beast in Bible prophecy represents a kingdom. Okay. A kingdom or a nation. And we can agree with that because even today, that's how things happen, like um, the United States, an eagle. That's right. Australia. Kangaroo and emu. New Zealand? You tell me. <laughs> Kiwi bird. <laughs> yep, sorry guys, sorry about that. Yeah. So any Kiwis out there? Um, uh, what about, what about uh, okay, let's test you on France. 
You go ahead. We got 10 seconds. Rooster. The rooster. Okay, we'll play this game when we come back. UK, England, Lion. All right, that's it for now. (laughs) We'll be back after this song with more on Daniel 7. Finding myself at a loss for words And the fun thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Welcome back. That was Word of God Speak by Mercy Me. And you're listening to Looking Up with Danny and Sharissa. Look, we are just going through Daniel chapter 7. Very excited about it. We want to take our time so that we can do it justice because it's such a rich uh, 
chapter. It is. But we wanted to remind you, if you have a question, if you're listening to this uh, uh, broadcast and you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. And so, again, I just repeat the number, 1-800-324-843. You can call that number or you can text in your question, like Freco did earlier in the program, 0491-064-669. And I also wanted to let you know, if you have a prayer request even, please feel free to let us know. We'd love to pray for you. And uh, just another brief announcement while we're on announcements is that a couple of weeks ago we shared with you that the uh, we had a prayer camp at Stewart's Point and I've just received word that the podcasts of all the presentations at that prayer camp are now available online. Wow, that's online. exciting. So if someone wants to listen to those, you just go to nnsw.adventist.org.au and look up prayer camp resources under the uh, resources tab and you'll find all the presentations. So you oh. didn't miss out. I know. I, I felt really bad because I did miss out on yeah. going there in person. I'd rather have been there in person, but it's so so good that they were recorded and so we can listen to them. Because there was the the stories were from the book of Daniel, weren't they? That's right, the, the messages that were taken were on the book of Daniel. So yes. I really love the book of Daniel and so You're gonna love oh, them. I'm gonna be like a pig in mud. <laughs> Now that we all have that visual. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to keep going? I am ready, yes. So, so we were talking about these four beasts and we just, before the break, talked about four, the beasts being representative of a kingdom and you got me on France. I did, I did. And I, I was, was going to keep going with our animals, but we ran out of time just as well. The <laughs> did you want to give cloak- another one? No, nah, we won't, we won't. But I think, I think everyone people gets get the point. People get the point. <laughs> And you know, I was, I've got a note here in my Bible and I'll just share. Oh, by the way, by the way, okay, 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 just a bit of trivia, a bit of trivia. You know, seeing you pushed me into it. Um, why does uh, the Australian um, coat of arms have an emu and a kangaroo? Because they're the only two anim- animals that don't go backwards. Oh, she got it. I didn't know. <laughs> That's the one piece of trivia oh, I need no. to. <laughs> oh, I thought I'll stump her. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Let's get back to the Bible study. There you go. Shell, did you know that, Shell? Oh, uh, Shell knew that as well. She's a citizen too. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, in my Bible, I've just got this written, Pastor Danny. It says, God often gives symbolic prophecy to condense space and succinctly state facts. Because mm. this is so much symbolism we're stepping through here. So that's why. Well, that's what, I mean, that's what we often do. I mean, I was hopeless in science. I've pretty much almost failed science. I think the teachers just wanted to get me out of their classroom <laughs> so they passed me somehow. Yeah. Um, just threw me, you know, threw me a bone, got me out of there so I could carry on and out of their classroom. But if you take a look at, um, you know, scientists, uh, mathematicians, uh, they'll often deal in codes and, and symbols and so on and so forth. You know, they can say a whole bunch in just a, a number of symbols. Mm. And so... It, it's yeah, it, it's how things work, and um, you can yeah, you can relay a lot of information through symbols. So true. A picture says a thousand words. Exactly. And Jesus, he spoke in parables. Yes. He spoke in parables. They don't take long to read, but they are deep. pregnant and deep with meaning. You know, so and true. it's impossible to plumb the depths of some of these uh, incredible messages through parables and symbols. So yeah. All right. So the first symbol comes in verse 4, first beast rather. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to it. What would, what would we say about that? Okay, there's a, a number of things here. Um, we, we probably just need to 
give the overall um, background to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7 follows uh, the prophecy of Daniel chapter 2. There are four key prophecies in the book of Daniel. So if you're not familiar with the book of Daniel, as we go along, I'll I'll give you just a, a few bits and pieces just to fill in the gaps. So there are four main prophecies in the book of Daniel. Um, You have Daniel 2, then you have Daniel 7, then you have Daniel 8, uh, then you have Daniel chapter 10 to 12. And Daniel chapter 8 and Daniel chapter 9 are connected as well. So you say, you, you know, you can look at it that way. And so what we have is in Daniel 2, uh, our listeners may remember from uh, the, the study on Daniel 2, we looked at the kingdoms of the world and they were represented by uh, this, this metal man. The King Nebuchadnezzar saw in a dream, you know, head of gold, chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron and feet of iron and clay. And then a rock that was cut out without hands that came and smashed uh, that, uh, that statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed it to smithereens and became a mountain. That all represented the kingdoms from the days of King Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon all the way through to the coming of Jesus, which was represented by that rock. Mm-hmm. And so in Daniel 2, God represents the kingdoms of the world, the political powers of the world through, through symbols of metal. Okay. And here we have, as we're going to discover in Daniel 7, God takes those same kingdoms from Babylon all the way through to the end of time, but instead of using metals, God now uses animals. Okay. And he gives a little extra detail. And he gives extra detail. So it's, uh, it's the, it's the, the Bible prophecy often deals with repeat and enlarge. There is this, uh, uh, principle, repeat and enlarge, where God repeats a prophecy and enlarges on it. If I could, if I could put it this way, the four prophecies in Daniel, you have, say, the skeleton in Daniel 2, uh, you've got some of the main organs, um, if you want to talk about, you know, use the analogy of a, of a human body, mm-hmm. you've got the organs in Daniel 7, then, you know, <laughs> Daniel 8 and 9, you have, you know, a lot more of the, Bits and pieces that go along with the organs. <laughs> I failed, I failed that class as well, just in case you're wondering. And then in Daniel's chapter 10 to 12, in particular Daniel chapter 11, we have very specific details um, that like, you know, complete the body. All right. And so when you put all the pieces together, yeah, you have a complete picture. I like it's what you're saying. It's really fascinating. I like that you're linking this to Daniel chapter 2 because it suddenly makes us so much sense because this chapter, chapter 7, is amplifying what we've already been told That's right. in chapter Re- 2. Yeah. And the other thing I noticed when you were sharing that is that Bible prophecy, the starting point seems to be that the starting point of every timeline prophecy always begins where the prophet is. Mm, that's right. So this first, like Daniel, we have in verse 1 is in the still in the kingdom of Babylon, as you said. So it seems that we're going to identify Babylon as the first beast, just like the first metal, the head of gold, was representative of the kingdom of Babylon as well. That's right. So, um, yeah, we have yeah we have Daniel here beginning with Babylon, and he begins with, as you pointed out, um, there is uh, this beast uh, which was like a lion, had eagle's wings, and then you know the wings were plucked up, and uh, it was given you know a man's heart. And I've been to the Pergamum Museum there in Berlin, and uh, there the the German archaeologists, I can't remember what his name was, the German archaeologist, the famous German archaeologist, he went over to Babylon uh, many moons ago. This is like 
maybe over, well, definitely over a hundred years ago. And he excavated the ancient city of Babylon and he brought home, uh, brought back to Germany. Uh, the famous Ishtar Gate, as well as the processional wall. And as I was there in the Pergamon Museum in Berlin, I was looking at the tiles of the processional way, and guess what they are? They're all lions with wings. So the lion, the lion with wings is a symbol of Babylon from the days of Babylon. So when Daniel saw this in vision, it was like a no brainer. Yeah. It was like, you know, if you received a dream from God, you know, with, uh, with a kangaroo, you know, (laughs) beating up on a rooster, you'd know that was Australia beating the French in the rugby. (laughs) Well, you. You'll know now. I know there was trouble in the farmyard. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, yeah. So this is a, an, an apt symbol of um, Babylon. Oh, that's so good. All right. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. And and what about the, uh, the man's heart? heart? Yeah, the man's heart. I looked into that, and uh, you know, this one this one wasn't as crystal clear. Um, however, I thought of the story of Daniel chapter four, mm. and in Daniel chapter four we have. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar who has a conversion experience and he goes from being a really rough and tough and mean king, which he was, you know, ready to get rid of all these wise men, just wipe them all off in Daniel chapter 2 as well as their families. And he becomes, uh, yeah, a believer in God. And so his heart was transformed. And so, yeah, you've got this, you know, this change that takes place. So, And the lion, we've got the lion who's the king of the jungle. Mm-hmm. And you've got the eagle that is the king of the air. And so, and so you have Babylon, which was represented by the head of gold, the most precious symbol in the, in the image. And here you have these two most powerful animals, mm-hmm. um, that represent sort of the apex on the ground and in the air. So interesting. So we know historically Babylon's like is a kingdom that lasts from about 605 to 539 BC. That's right. So let's keep reading then. Sure. Daniel chapter 7 verse 5 because we've dealt with one beast but there are four that come up from the sea in this prophecy. So verse 5 says and suddenly another beast a second like a bear it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth and they said thus to it arise devour much flesh wow so what's this all about Shrusa? Well, it's another kingdom. <laughs> yes, it's another kingdom, a bear. Yeah, it's a bear. And if we're going by Daniel chapter 2 as well, it has to be Medo-Persia. Yeah, Medo-Persia. And so the reason it's raised up on one side is because this was a, a coalition power, the Medes and the Persians. And although the Medes came up first, yeah. they were the older of the two powers. Um, the Persians um, grew stronger and they became more powerful. So we go from Darius the Mede, to Cyrus the Persian. Yes. And so you have, you know, you have a transfer of power mm. uh, in this, in this, I guess, uh, dual power. It's so interesting how, how specific the Bible prophecy mm. is. The bear is raised up on one side just like the Persians were stronger yeah, than, than the right. Medes. Got three ribs. Three ribs. What are the three ribs? He's been eating. <laughs> he has been eating, as bears do. <laughs> uh, yeah, the three ribs uh, are believed to to represent the three kingdoms that uh, the Medes and the Persians took over or conquered in order to become the next world empire in the then known world. Uh, the kingdoms of Lydia, Egypt, and uh, Libya. Oh, so, Babylon. Or, or you have Babylon. So depending on yeah, which historians um, 
you you speak to i have yeah lydia egypt and babylon is that what you have yeah yeah so so these are yeah the three empires that they took over Hmm. Amazing mm. how specific it is. So this kingdom must last historically from about 539 to 331 331 BC. When the next kingdom comes on the scene. All right, let's read about it. Let's keep going. Do you want to read it? No, you go for it. After this, verse 6, I looked and there was another like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads and dominion was given to it. Wow. Okay, so what comes after me to Persia? Okay, Greece. That's the next kingdom according to the prophecy in Daniel chapter 2. And go to your history books. You'll discover that that's exactly uh, what took place in the then known world. Alexander the Great, Mm -hmm. at the age of 23, he conquered the then known world. He was the son of King Philip of Macedonia or Macedon. And so Greece becomes the next kingdom. And it's interesting, God here describes Greece, and this is like a couple of hundred years in advance, because as I pointed out, this is a vision that God is giving to Daniel in 550 BC, right? Amazing, yep. This is taking place in 330 BC. So you do the maths. Wow. It's more than 200 years have That's gone amazing. by. 220 years have gone by yeah. from this prophecy to when Alexander the Great comes onto the scene. To its fulfillment. It is. And it's interesting that in Daniel chapter 8, God actually names uh, Greece by name. Mm. You know, um, some 200 years, more than 200 years before uh, Greece comes onto the scene. So God gives the exact name. He gives the name of Medo and Persia as well. Um, in Daniel chapter so eight, we can just cross check and know we're on we're on the right yeah, point. Absolutely. Now the leopard, yeah, uh, the leopard. I mean, we we know that the the leopard is an animal of speed, and that represents the the speed in which Alexander the Great conquered the then known world. I mean, there were no F 18s there were no <laughs> tanks, there were no jeeps back then. Uh, the modern day artillery and weapons that we have today, but in the sh- in the space of ten years, he conquered the then known world from you know. Macedonia, uh, all the way through to the eastern borders of India. He wow. just, he just, he never lost a battle. Just went all the way through. And it's amazing because he conquered the whole world and then died at the ripe old age of, was it 30, 33? 33. 33, yeah, the day, uh, the, just uh, how old Jesus was when he died. And, um, do you want me to finish off here in the yeah, last yeah, 20 yeah, seconds? You, okay. You this one. All right. So, um, so the wings represent speed. Once again, the four wings and the four heads represent, uh, the four generals that took over from Alexander the Great and the four kingdoms that came out of the Greek Empire. That's amazingly well done in the Incredible. last few seconds. Incredible. <laughs> so we'll be back again as we keep going just after this next song, Immortal Invisible.
Welcome back, everyone, to Looking Up, and we're in Daniel chapter seven in our Bible study, and we've just we've just seen three beasts come up out of the sea, and we're up to seeing the fourth beast come up out of the sea, and it's it's an interesting one. Yes, yeah, three kingdoms, and now we're up to our fourth kingdom. Yes, all right. So you ready? Verse seven, and I'll read to verse eight. After this, that is, that after the other three beasts came up out of the sea. Daniel says, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and the, should I stop there maybe and we unpack that? Might that? Be, yeah, that might be good, because then we move into another part yes. of that fourth beast. All um, right. So yeah, what do you want to uh, begin by looking at here? Well, um, the first thing that that helps me right here is it has iron teeth, mm. and and if we're looking at Daniel chapter two and that metal man that he saw in that image, the the iron is the iron legs. That's it's right. The fourth kingdom that is represented in that. That's right. Vision, yeah. And it's interesting because uh, historians refer to Rome as the iron monarchy mm. of Rome. And if you go to Europe today, you'll discover, you know, iron features throughout the empire because they specialized in iron. They specialized in iron instruments for war as well as building projects. And so iron was everywhere in the Roman Empire. So God, once again, uses a very specific um, uh, metal. And, yeah, this links uh, this beast clearly to Daniel 2 and mm. the legs of mm. iron, as you pointed out correctly. Yeah, um, now it's it's a nondescript. You can't really describe no. this beast. No, you can't. <laughs> it's as dreadful, terrible, extremely you, strong. You'll be hard pressed to find one of these in the Taronga Park Zoo, <laughs> <laughs> or any of them, or any zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. At the end of verse seven, it says it was different from all the other beasts that were before it, but it had ten horns. Yeah, so so this beast here um, is 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 a beast that has a continuation. It's almost as if it has. Well, it's, it's very clear here that the Bible's pointing out, you know, the this new phase of this power. A little bit like uh, a little bit like what we read earlier with the leopard. You had the leopard that had uh, you know four four wings, and it had four heads. So there's a lot in that animal, and that represented, you know, the the kingdom of Greece being transferred from Alexander the Great um, through to his four generals, and then out of that we have the Roman Empire coming through. And so once Rome is through, then we have the division, just like there was the division of the Greek Empire into four, but now we have the division of the Roman Empire into ten. Interesting, and that corresponds with the ten toes. Of with the, the ten image. toes, and um, and we have we have the reference for what the horns represent, okay. and you can read read that in verse twenty four. So we we always have to allow the Bible to interpret itself. That's something extremely imp- important. Otherwise, um, if you if you decide that this is what 
the prophetic symbol should mean or must mean, you'll end up in all sorts of weird and wonderful places. But we must always allow the Bible to be its own interpreter. Amen. And so that's what we're doing here in this program. We uh, find the symbol, we read the symbol, and then we go hunting through the Bible. Sometimes it's in the very same chapter. Sometimes it's in the same book. Sometimes you have to go looking far and wide, to discover what that symbol means in other parts of the Scripture. And when you put the pieces together, you understand exactly what God is trying to say. So, yeah, what was that verse? Verse 24. Yeah, so just the first part of it, it says, The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise after this kingdom. Okay, so this is here uh, giving some more information regarding this kingdom. And so a horn in Bible prophecy represents a kingdom. Mm. A kingdom. And uh, it's also when you have, you know, when you have one horn going against another, as we do in Daniel chapter 8, when, <laughs> excuse me, when we get there, that that's a, a symbol. And in the Bible, often, you know, horns uh, represented powers that were at war or powers that were waging war. So here we have these 10 horns and, uh, you know, there's war going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're waging war against, you know, this, this, great and terrible beast. And that's exactly what happened, Sharissa. Uh, the barbarian tribes from the north, between about 351 and 476 AD, they came down, they swooped down on the decaying you know, Roman Empire that decayed from within and from without. Uh, morally, as well as in many other areas, you know, Rome really fell apart. And so as these uh, barbarian tribes came in from the north, they carved up the Roman Empire, and it's interesting, uh, it was eventually uh, carved up after much fighting and battling and so on and so it was carved up into ten regions, just like the ten toes. So the Bible prophecy is spot on. Yeah, <laughs> it corresponds with history. It really is incredible, yeah. All right, so should we move on? To, yeah, sure. All right, so verse 8 says... I was considering the horns. That's a little bit like Daniel saying, I was looking at the breakup of the Roman Empire. That's right. I was considering the breakup of the Roman Empire, the horns. And there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots, and there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Wow. There's a horn, a little horn. (laughs) Yes, and now we have the introduction of a little horn. And uh, when the Bible gives us details like little, it's for a reason. You know, we need to pay up, uh, we need to stand up and um, and really pay attention Mm -hmm. or sit up and pay attention. Or you can stand up and pay attention as well, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) if you please. And so, yeah, we we have this little horn that comes up. It begins small. But it obviously becomes great. It's greater than all the others. And so by coming up, it will, it will eliminate three horns by the roots. Mm. By the roots. We'll, we'll discover later on in the chapter it says by their roots. Three times it mentions this detail. So it's very <laughs> significant. Uh, you have that mentioned. I'm just trying Which to. Which detail is this? The, uh, the, the detail regarding the, lind- the, the little horn coming right. up. And uprooting uh, three. And uprooting three. Uh, one of the verses is, I think, in verse, where is it? Um, oh, I had it, but I, I don't have it now. But anyway, when I, when I come across it, I will, um, I will share on that. But you do have, 
you, you do have these details mentioned um, several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, verse 20 talks about... Yeah, verse, verse 20, do you want to read that? Yeah, it says, Then the ten horns that were on its head and the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth, which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. Yeah, that's right. What? And so... Yeah. And so we have, yes, so we have this little detail here given. And so we have, we have this power here that is so significant that it's able to wipe out, able to wipe out three, three of those kingdoms. Yeah. And in verse 24, it says, and shall subdue three kings. Mm, there we go. All right. So, yeah. So, and those, and those, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at what those three kings are. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe what we can do is we can take a look at these identification marks. Yeah. Let's do it. So you you want to lead us through that? Okay, all right. So so let's just take a look at what Daniel here is discovering. So he says, I was considering the horns, mm-hmm. um, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them. So this is a power. Okay, so a horn is a power, but it's not a political power only. Mm-hmm. This is also a religious power, whereas all the other powers are secular Political powers, yeah. Uh, but this one is religious power because it does several things. Uh, we're told it speaks pompous words. Okay, so that's in that, that's in verse eight. It says yep. it speaks pompous words, and it repeats that again um, in in Daniel. And we have we have that term pompous that literally is the term blasphemy. Mm. So it speaks blasphemies against God or great words against. Uh, God the Most High. And so this is a religious power. We also have uh, this power uh, persecuting God's saints. And you can read about that in Daniel 7 verse 25. It persecutes God's saints as well as it thinks to change God's times and laws. So tampering with God's laws. So those three aspects are very important. This power is a political but as well as a religious power. So it's mm. both. It's two in one. And it's there in Western Europe because that's where it's coming up. That's where those among nations them. are among them. And it's coming up sometime after 476 AD because that's when uh, the Roman Empire was carved up during that time from 351 to 476 AD. And so sometime after 476 AD because in 476 AD is when Rome fell. It was it was. Taken over, and sometime after three of these kingdoms, uh, that's right. The so divisions of the Roman right. Empire disappear. That's right. That's right. So sometime after four seventy six, the three um, the three tribes uh, disappear, which are the Heruli, the Ostrogoths, and the Vandals. Yep. They were the three that are no longer uh, around. They are now extinct. They were pulled up by the roots, mm-hmm. and so after this period, this power arises. Now, it says also a couple of other things here, Sharissa. Yeah. It says that this little horn power um, had eyes like the eyes of a man. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> so, uh, that inter- is, is, there, is there man mentioned anywhere in Daniel chapter 7? Well, I was thinking of a man's heart given to it in verse... Yeah. That's true. A man's heart was given to him. But it also says in um, verse 
13, if you want to read verse 13, it mentions another man here. All right. The Bible says, Daniel 7, 13, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, and he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Here we go. One like the Son of Man. Who's that a reference to? Jesus. That's a reference to Jesus. So here in Daniel chapter 7, verse 8, and I only picked this up not so long ago, Charissa. Mm -hmm. I've read this so many times, but it finally struck me that this power had eyes like the eyes of a man. Jesus is the son of man. This power is seeking to take on board the prerogatives that Mm. belong to the son of man alone, Jesus Christ, Mm. which are worship, which are, you know, uh, God is the one who alone can can give his holy law Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so on and so forth, and we can, yeah, and and when you go into the book of Revelation, you discover that that truth as well. Mm, so that's that's another very interesting um, identification mark. The other thought that I had on that point there is um, on the eyes of like eyes like the eyes of a man in Ephesians chapter one verse eighteen. The first part of it says, "The eyes of your understanding being enlightened." Mm. So the eyes are like a symbol of to represent wisdom or yes. understanding, and so it's like this power, whoever whatever it is, is a power that is based on the teachings of human wisdom. Mm. As well, yes, yes, yes. Masquerading, mm. um, yeah, as as a spiritual power, yeah, seeking to take on board or take over the prerogatives that belong to God alone. A wolf in sheep's clothing. This is huge. <laughs> this is really, really big. And um, yeah, as you pointed out, you know, eyes are a symbol of intelligence, um, but also they can be a symbol of pride. I discovered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Notice this scripture from Proverbs chapter 6, uh, verses 16 and 17. We won't read it there, but there it says, The Lord hates haughty eyes. Mm. So this is a, a blasphemous, a pompous power, a very proud power seeking to go against and go up against, you know, the God of heaven. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And it's, it's a power that rises in within the Roman Empire. Exactly. So we are looking somewhere there in Rome because there are many that have um, asked themselves the question, who is this power? And um, there have been lots of different ideas and theories that have been put forward from Nero to an individual called Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, many, you know, before Christ, um, all the way through to, you know, the Dark Ages and, um, and even some of the kings of England have been um, given this reference. So we need to know what the Bible says, otherwise it's just speculation. So true. Well, we are, I can't believe how quickly the time's going today. We've only got a few minutes left. So we will be back after the news break. We're going to have a news break and a song, uh, and we'll be back to continue stepping through this chapter. But I think we've, we've pretty much put the identifying marks there on the table, and we'll have to sum them up for us. Well, well there's, a, there's, and, there's a couple more that we need oh, to yeah. deal with, but yeah, we have put we missed a, a few. the majority of them are there, yeah. So stay with us, and we'll be back with more after this break, which is coming right up. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. 
Hi everyone, this is Lyle. And this is Minnie, and you can join us every weekday morning for The Breakfast Show. Every morning we cover news that matters and study the Bible together. We also have heaps of great music and giveaways. So come and have a positively different morning with us. Every weekday from 7 to 9 on Faith FM. Hey there dudes and dudettes, this is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see you there. And welcome back, everyone. We are almost at the end of our Bible study today, and we have had an epic one. And we're at a very important point in our Bible study. You're listening to Looking Up, and uh, we're in Daniel chapter 7. And Pastor Danny, during the break, we, we were talking about where we go from here. But you, you thought we should go somewhere very important. I agree with you. Yeah, well, in the book of Revelation, we have a beast uh, that is very, very similar to what we have seen thus far amongst these four beasts, including this little horn. And that's found in Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13, and if you want to read verse 1. The Bible says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Okay, and if you could read verse 2. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Well, so here we have this beast... And this beast is a a composite beast, and it's made up of the same beasts that we had there in Daniel chapter 7. That's right. So we have the head of a lion, uh, the the feet of a bear, the body of a leopard, and then it has ten horns. Mm -hmm. And it's a nondescript beast, and it says the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And so, you know, this dragon-like beast. So you've got a dragon-like beast. You've got, you know, the lion featured here. You've got the bear and you've got the leopard and you've got ten horns. And it's a blasphemous name and it's a, and, it's a blasphemous name. And it's a blasphemous name. So it's very, very clear that uh, what Daniel 7 here is describing is being described here in Revelation 13, verse 1. Now, you may be thinking, but Danny, how can you have all these powers in one? How, how are we going to make that work. Well, what we discover when we take a look at this uh, power in Revelation 13.1, that this power is is none other than the little horn power of Daniel chapter 7. Mm. There are so many parallels there. Uh, this power in Revelation 13 also persecutes mm. God's people. Uh, this power also attacks God's law. This power also rules and reigns for a certain period of time, uh, which is 1260 prophetic days or 1260 prophetic years, which we'll look at in in Daniel 7. You know, uh, this power, as you pointed out, is a blasphemous power as well. Uh, It arises out of the sea as well as the other powers. And so what we have here is uh, God is here describing this little horn power that will arise and will go through to the end of time and this little horn power is 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 a power that takes on board the different elements from all the other powers that have gone before it puts them all in one and is focused on receiving worship mm. and is focused on opposing God and his people and his law wow 
fills in a lot of gaps it <laughs> brings does. it all together yeah it does so um so that's that's really important to to remember and um so if you have a look at daniel 7 there's uh a couple more a couple more things we need to look at here in verse 25 if you want to read verse 25 we have we have three or four key um descriptors here of this little horn power which we'll be able to connect with in Daniel Sorry, in Revelation chapter 13. All right. So in Daniel 7 verse 25, the Bible says, He shall speak pompous words. This is the little horn. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Okay. So here we have four... Uh, four, four key points. We've looked at one already in, in verse 8, and that was the pompous words. But here we have uh, a new development, one that's also referred to earlier in Daniel chapter 7 regarding this persecuting power. And then you have, you know, the thinking of, you know, the times and law, so tapping, you know, God's holy law. So this, there will be an attack on God's holy law. And then you have persecution. Yeah, and it's specifically persecution of the saints of the, of the most, most high. high. Exactly right. And it's interesting in Revelation fourteen twelve gives us a definition of what those saints are. God saints, according to verse twelve, here is the patience of the saints. Mm-hmm. Here are those who keep the commandments mm-hmm. of God and the faith of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good. That's a great scripture to connect with that um, very clearly. So, and we know, and we know that Satan. Is, is hell bent on destroying God's people who keep the commandments because the commandments are all about worship. Mm. Uh, the first four commandments deal with worship. The next six deal with our relationship with one another. And, um, the fourth one in particular is the climax of worship, which is the Sabbath day, which looks at time. Mm. You know, he will seek to change times and laws. So, so it appears that the Sabbath commandment, that is the only commandment in the first four that deals with Time, the element of time is especially under attack mm. by this horn, little horn power, by this kingdom, this religio-political power. Now, if you want to read Revelation twelve seventeen, we discover there that Satan is angry with a certain group of people that you mentioned in Revelation fourteen twelve. But this is how we just um, have have another cross reference here. Yes. So the Bible says, and the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm, so there you go. So the dragon, yeah. that's a symbol for Satan, um, according to verse 9 in Revelation 12, um, is angry, is enraged, is wroth with the woman or the church and uh, describes the church at the end of time as keeping all of God's commandments and having the testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm. So, so this is what we're looking at here in Daniel 7. So this power attacks um, the very foundation of God's government, because the very foundation of God's government is his law. Yes. That's the constitution of heaven. Just like uh, the laws of Australia, the constitution of Australia is the foundation of our nation. As goes our laws, as goes our constitution, so goes our country. So too, the foundation of God's government is his law. So this is a direct attack on the government, the law, the character of God, because God's law is synonymous with his character. Mm. Amen. It's huge. It is huge. So uh, in Revelation chapter 13, um, Sharissa, uh, you want to, yeah, we can take a look at um, those scriptures that deal with the connection points there in Daniel chapter 7. 
Um, so those who are, are following along, they can um, they can uh, yeah follow along with us. So maybe you want to yeah we discover worship is the key issue in Revelation and in particular here in Revelation chapter thirteen. If you want to keep reading from verse uh, three all the way through to verse eight. Sure. It says, And I saw one of his heads as though it had, as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue forty-two months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority was given him over every tribe tongue and nation all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world wow so here we have um, the parallels with Daniel chapter 7, but here more details are given. And so this power will seek worship, but it's the dragon, who is Satan, ultimately, that gives him his power. Um, and those who worship the beast ultimately worship the dragon. So the beast is a front man hmm. for Satan. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, so so this is is critical, and obviously the issue is worship. So worship becomes the central issue at the end of time. It was at the beginning of time when, I mean, the first war on this earth, you know, the first human war or the, or the first act of violence, uh, the first murder mm-hmm. was over worship when, so Cain, when Cain killed his brother Abel. And so the final battle will also be over worship, which is allegiance. Mm. You, know, who will you, be, uh, you know, who will you give your allegiance to? So that's the, that's the big deal there. And it's interesting too, thinking back of, to Daniel 7, where it says he'll persecute the saints of the Most High, speak against the Most High, the Most High is God. And you think about Lucifer, the description mm. of what he does, you know, in Isaiah 14, verse 14, he had said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yeah. It's this great controversy. It is, it is. And great there's, battle. It is this great battle, and it's, and it's waged from the very beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And so we have an opportunity to make our decision as to whom we will worship, who we will give our allegiance to, and it's been the case all the way through. And the book of Daniel is all about that. Daniel purposed in his heart, as we've said over and over again, that he would not defile himself. He would worship God and God alone, whether it be in the lion's den, or whether it be in the fiery furnace through his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, they would not bend the knee to anyone but God, who is the creator and the one who alone is worthy to be worshipped. So the stories of Daniel will be repeated at the end of time. Amen. And so there are a number of other things here, Sharissa, that we need to look at. Um, you know, the time element. Uh, we yes. read in Daniel 7, you know, a time, times, times yeah. and a half a time. Now, people may be thinking, well, how on earth do I work out what that is? Yeah. So what's a time in the Bible? And how? where do we get that symbol from? Well, it's interesting. I have a friend. She has an Arabic Bible, and mm-hmm. her Bible actually translates times, times, and ha- time, times, and half a times as three and a half years. Oh, wow. It's straight from the Arabic. Straight <laughs> from the Arabic, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you want to elaborate? Well, well in Daniel it? chapter 4, you remember uh, Daniel shared with uh, King Nebuchadnezzar that seven times would pass over him. Yes. Uh, he'd spend seven times um, out there enjoying the goodness of the grass, you know, <laughs> 
vegan lifestyle, <laughs> plant-based. If ever there was a plant-based uh, diet, it was Nebuchadnezzar's. Yep. And so, yeah, seven times represented seven years. Mm. So a time in the Bible is one year. So when you have a time, which is one year, times, which is two, two years, plus half a time, Half, half a year. year, so three and a half years. And then in um, Revelation, we just read it here. It's prophetic time. It's prophetic time. And here it's uh, described as 42 months, yep. uh, 30 days in a biblical month. Uh, and so, you know, 42 times 30 is 1260. And you actually have 1260 days mentioned um, in uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, and uh, Revelation 11, chapter Chapter 11, verse, sorry, chapter 12, verse 6. So Revelation 12, 6, Revelation 11, 3, 1260 days is mentioned um, in that way. So it's interesting, the three different ways to measure prophetic time are all given in Daniel and Revelation regarding this power. So God did not want us to miss this. You time, times, it. yeah, days and months. So the three prophetic keys to understanding Prophetic time are given here. And a day, in case you're wondering, a day in Bible prophecy represents how long? A year. A year. And we have that from, you know, the book of Numbers, uh, Numbers 14, 34, and I think Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 6 from so. memory. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what we're dealing with. So this power will be in power for over millennia. Wow. This power will rule for 1260 years as a religio-political power. Now, who is this power? Oh, we don't have time, do we? (laughs) We've only got like 50-odd seconds left, and um, there's so much more to this. We also need to discover, Sharissa, what blasphemy uh, means according to Scripture. So we're going to unpack that all in our next program when we look at the second half of Daniel chapter 7, and we identify who this power is. Everybody's got homework in the meantime. In the meantime, yeah, go through, read Daniel chapter 7, compare it with with Revelation chapter 13 you know what i've done I've, I've just taken like two sheets of paper on one i put daniel 7 another one revelation 13 and look at the Write symbols yeah I, I put them down and um and i just compare and it's interesting when you go through you look at the parallels it's like putting a jigsaw puzzle together I love and when it. all the pieces line up it's like bingo you have it's as clear as the nose on your face <laughs> thank you hey, and your nose well. isn't that big anyway <laughs> Well, this is exciting, such a wonderful time we've had together, and we're about to go to a song, and then we'll be back with some final comments after this break. Enjoy. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His power and His love, our shield and
everyone what a wonderful program we've had i've enjoyed this bible study and i always learn something new every time i look at the bible so uh, we've enjoyed having you here on this episode of looking up and as we wrap up there's just some final thoughts that we would like to bring to your attention and pastor danny i thought you had a really good one we should finish on well if you want to know the truth about this power um you are not alone for two and a half thousand years ago (laughs) when god gave daniel this vision of this power, this religio-political power, which is also known as the Antichrist power of Bible prophecy. Uh, the Bible says in Daniel seven nineteen, Daniel says, Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, and in particular about this little pompous about this horn that spoke pompous words whose appearance was greater than his fellows. And so Daniel wanted to know the truth and God revealed the truth to Daniel. And uh, so next week, my dear friends, wherever you're listening from, next week we are going to unpack who this power is and we're going to give the clear evidence of how this power lines up with all the identification marks that are given. So that's going to be in next week's program. No time uh, to do it this week, but we'll be doing that next week. And so there's a lot more to share on that. So I encourage you just read through those two chapters, Daniel 7, uh, Revelation chapter 13. Mm -hmm. Over the next week, as Sharissa said, that's homework, and um, you'll be prepared and ready for the great unveiling, which will happen next week. We can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. And look, uh, we also want to let you know that we have a free offer that will be available to everyone. And it's a wonderful little book called An Ancient Prophecy Reveals the Future. It's actually a little pocket track. Mm. If you haven't 
got this. This is available to the first in uh, caller for free or texter. It's called An Ancient Prophecy Reveals the Future. And uh, it's uh, just a little little blurb about it. It says, One of the world's most ancient prophecies declares that our planet is about to experience the most dramatic event in human history, the end of civilization as we know it. That's just the beginning. There's so much more there. It's a Bible-based uh, piece of uh, literature, and you will want to get your hands on it. So please call or text us on the number and uh, 1-800-324-843 or text 0491-064-669. And uh, we also offered prayer at the beginning of our uh, program today, and yes. we always like to hear from people if they like prayer. And we actually heard uh, back from Freco, who, sorry, Freco, we said you were in South Australia. You're in Mittagong. Sorry about that. New South Wales. Yeah. So uh, he would like they would like yeah. prayer, so maybe you could... I'll absolutely have a, have a prayer for him and for everyone else, mm-hmm. and then we'll hand over to you, Sharissa, for any closing thoughts. All right. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for the opportunity to study your word, to unpack these incredible truths that speak to us some two and a half millennia later. And Father, your word is just so powerful, so clear, and we thank you for it. We also want to pray now for Freco. Father, you know what his prayer request is, um, that is on his heart, on his mind. We pray, Father, that you'll be near to him and that you will answer him according to the riches of your grace and mercy. Bless all the other listeners, Lord, wherever they may be, uh, here in our wonderful land uh, down under or around the world. We just pray that you'll bless each one and their families and draw us all closer to you, Lord. May we be ready for your soon return, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, and thank you all for joining us wherever you've joined us from today. As we close out this program, it's been wonderful to step through Daniel chapter 7, but we want to remind you that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. And so wherever you are, whatever you're going through, remember to look up and lift up your heart to God and and, and remember that there is a God on the throne, and that's a, that's a very encouraging thing to be reminded of in this world today. So may God bless you all we look forward to having you again next time and we encourage you to stay on this channel as you hear more inspirational radio programming god bless you all and we'll see you very soon amen keep looking up don't give up don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart keep looking up don't give up don't give up don't give up should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for